What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Loud Hound Sports Podcast. This is episode eight, and I'm Bobby McInnes, alongside Thomas Pallone. How's it going, Tom? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm excited for another week. Uh, we got a few good topics to talk about today, so you want to get right into it? Yeah. So without any further ado, there's been a lot of talk um, as far as the NCAA goes, and it's hot right now because of James Wiseman, who's a basketball player for Memphis, and Chase Young, who plays for Ohio State. Um, one plays basketball, one plays football. However, in the NCAA, it's known that you cannot accept gifts or be paid, or at least up until now, um, for pretty much anything, and that's one of the main violations. So right now, we see James Wiseman's facing uh, possible suspension, and he can lose his eligibility in the uh, NCAA. And Tom, what are your thoughts on that? I think the NCAA is just it's getting a little absurd the way they handle the um, the money with the players and everything. I mean, I'm pretty sure Penny Hardaway, the head coach of the Memphis uh, basketball team, helped uh, Wiseman and his family. I think uh, pay tuition was that what it was? Yeah. So I can actually give you the timeline right now. Um, Jeff Borzello, an ESPN writer, he kind of documented everything. So what happened was. Um, James Wiseman, during his freshman year of basketball, um, he was originally living in Tennessee, and then he was relocated to Memphis to play with um, Coach Hardaway. And he played on Penny Hardaway's uh, EYBL team, which is you know the, the AAU circuit um, for Nike. And then he also transferred schools to play for the same high school that Penny Hardaway coaches as well. So... Penny Hardaway um, obviously donates a lot of money to Memphis, and and it's it's now coming out that he's been pretty much paying and supporting Wiseman's family this whole process, and it turns out that Wiseman now attends Memphis University, um, so there's a lot of controversy there, and they're almost the NCAA is labeling um, Hardaway as a booster for the Memphis program. Yeah, I think the NCAA is just starting to punish players for stuff that they did in the past a few years ago, which really doesn't affect what's going on right now. I mean, I don't really see an issue with that. It's The kid's not getting paid a salary by the Memphis head coach. He's not getting paid to play basketball. He was just helped uh, originally when, he, when the family needed help. And that's similar to what happened with Chase Young, uh, defensive end for the Ohio State Buckeyes football team. He... Um, Pretty sure he got money from a family friend uh, to help fly his girlfriend to the Rose Bowl last season. And, like, I don't see a, a big issue with that. Like, the, if, if someone needs help with money or something, and he did pay him back. So if you end up paying the person back, I don't see what the big issue with that is. I think they should just let the kids play. Um, enough of this violation of NCAA rules. We all know in a few years that these NCAA players are going to be getting paid an actual salary, which they deserve to be getting paid. Because if you're not going to let a college player go straight to the NBA or NFL at a high school and make the salary they deserve and with all the endorsements, but now at least the players are allowed to do endorsements in, in college. But if they're not going to be making the money they deserve right away, then you should at least let them get some sort of salary in college because they're if they're that good of a player, they deserve it. Yeah, but it is against the rules to accept any sort of gift, and in a way, it's almost like James Wiseman is getting paid to play, paid to play basketball because, because of his basketball ability, he's been able to support his family, and 
although he's been doing it illegally. So it is unfair. Somewhat, and but this is more for the. I'm pretty sure this is more about the tuition than um than getting paid a salary to play. This isn't. This has nothing to do with being paid a salary, right? Isn't this more of like no the tuition he, cost? That's well, no, no, no. It's not that he's getting a paid a salary, and I don't think the main focus is even tuition. I'm pretty sure it's because Hardaway's been funding this family um, since he's been a freshman in high school, and that completely violates the recruiting process and obviously it's going to influence the kid when he's making his decision between Memphis, Duke, Kentucky and all the big dogs in NCAA basketball. So it's it completely violates the uh, recruiting process and it's in a sense cheating. That's true, but you you look at all the other teams, every team does it. I guarantee you Shashevsky does it with Duke, uh Calipari does it with Kentucky, uh Bill Self does it with Kansas. Uh Kansas just got caught with a big violation over the past uh, this past off season with recruiting players, I mean, it, it happens all around, and it's just like it, it's a matter of if and when this this guy or this coach or this team gets caught, then you get in trouble for it. But we all know that it's going on going on behind uh, closed doors, and there's really no way to avoid it. But if they're gonna be this hard and crack down on players like this, then you're gonna see a lot of people um, go overseas and play. Uh, in different countries, which might might have to be the better case because they're they're essentially ruining the college. They're c- kind of ruining NCA right now. Well, that's just for basketball. Football players don't really have that option to go overseas or go to another league and then enter the NFL draft. So it's difficult because what do you do with a guy like James Wiseman who can save his career easily by just going overseas, like you said, versus a guy like Chase Young where he's getting suspended, he's missing games, obviously that can impact his draft stock. You know, he's such an elite talent that it might not, but in in theory it, it very much could, and if there's players that aren't as good as Chase Young or aren't the same ability um, and have the same projections in the draft that he does, it's going to it's gonna impact them a lot. Yeah, football is definitely different in basketball in that respect. Basketball players are a lot easier just to go over overseas, but football players, you also don't see this kind of uh, – you don't see this a lot happening to them. But I, I still don't think it will affect his draft stock. He's just pretty sure he suspended the rest of the regular season, which is – three games left for Ohio State, but he, he'll be back in time for the college football playoff play that that game, and then if they win that game, they'll go to the, the national championship, assuming they get in. I, I'm assuming they will get in. And um, I, I still I don't see any team passing on him in the top five next year. This kid's, this kid's a game wrecker. He's going to be a great defensive end. He's going to be like the next uh, Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, like we see in the, in the league right now. So I don't see an issue with it, but it does – it's NCAA is really they're cracking down and it's cha- it's changing the sport. But I I still think that rules are going to change over the next few years and players are going to be paid eventually and this can all be wiped away basically. I mean until that happens then that's fine. But these players and coaches need to start to abide by the league rules because this is nothing new. This has been a rule ever since the NCAA has been around and ever since recruiting has gotten so. Um, heated and and competitive. So these teams and and players need to abide by the rules, or else, uh, you know, I, there's going to be consequences. And that's what's happening to James Wiseman right now. He has a hearing scheduled for November 18th at 10 o'clock, and uh, we're going to see what's going to happen, whether or not this young man can play the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't think he will be able to play the rest of the season. If we're going to be honest, I don't think the the NCAA will let him. He'll probably have to eventually go overseas, finish out the rest of this year, and then ho- hopefully he's good for the NBA draft next season. It's a shame. Yeah, and <clears throat> you mentioned Chase Young. It might not affect his draft stock, but there's other players in college football where if they get caught with a scandal like this, they don't have a chance to make a name for themselves. What happens? What uh, would have happened if Chase Young got hit with this earlier in his college career? You know, 
Yeah, it definitely affects um, players and how they get drafted and their the money they can make at the pro level. So transitioning now over, I know, Tom, you wanted to talk about load management today. And uh, I want to hear your thoughts on that because, in my opinion, it's been happening for a little while now. Um, obviously, it's been getting more and more popular and you don't see it that much in college basketball, as I believe it was the Indiana coach really voiced his opinion in a press conference when asked about it. Um, he said that it, it was stupid, he doesn't believe in it, and that you don't do that in college. He said, didn't Kawhi just get fined for saying load management? So I want to hear your thoughts about it. Um, obviously it's happening, and teams are giving their star players like days off, essentially, to rest up for future dates. And uh, I just want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I personally think that load management load management is an absolute joke, and there's no need to have a player be rested for load, load management. If you're injured, obviously that's a good excuse to take a rest day or take an off day from practice. But if you're perfectly healthy and you're playing the sport you get paid to play, you should be playing all 82 games if that's an NBA season or a college season, all 35 roughly games. MLB, we see it too. A few rest days, but it's different. You're playing 162 games. Obviously, you're going to be taking a few days off, but there's no excuses for NBA or, or college basketball. Yeah, you said uh, Archie Miller, uh, the brother of Sean Miller, a head coach uh, who got caught paying uh, Aiton, the NBA player. Uh his brother Archie Miller was asked yesterday in a press conference about load management because he played one of his players four minutes because he was coming off an injury. He said this had nothing to do with load management. I don't be- personally do not believe in load management. Uh, I was just giving resting him a little bit because he was coming back from an injury. But load management, you didn't see it up until these past few years, and it started in the NBA, and it started per- specifically with LeBron James, the beloved uh, beloved LeBron James, great basketball player, but no need to be taking off days. Um, Kawhi Leonard, we saw it these past few days for the Clippers. I really disagree with it. That if you have a great player in a sport, he should be playing every game unless he's dealing with an injury, and you, you want to be out there to help your team. And if you're taking load management days, that's that's just not helping your team out. Yeah, um, I definitely see what the teams are trying to do, and I, I see what the players um, are believing in right now. It's an 82-game season. It's very long. Some days you go back-to-back. Other days you have you know rest day in between. Uh, here and there although the NBA season is a lot more rigorous than people think it's not your typical like in the NFL they play once a week obviously there's a lot more um, contact and hard hitting and they need those rest days however it is a long season you want to make sure that you're healthy down the stretch especially for these um, better teams that like you said LeBron Kawhi that they play on they're going to be playing postseason basketball so it's almost in the best interest for the team if they rest up and make sure that they're good to go that's true, but you also look at uh, a sport like the uh, NHL, hockey. Uh, they play almost the same exact schedule as the NBA. They roughly play like two to three, sometimes four games a week. They have the same exact amount of games, 82-game season. And you don't see one player in the hockey league taking a quote-unquote uh, load management day. They take hit after hit. They go out there. They, they do their job, and I don't see the point of it. Obviously, you want to be healthier down the stretch, but, I mean, if you're – if you're healthy, you play the game. I mean, I don't really agree with if you're resting guys, it's going to make them healthier uh, down the stretch in the course of a year. I mean, if anything, it keeps you sharper for uh, day in and day out. 
And especially when these guys are playing on primetime television and you're uh, resting star players, it just looks bad on the coaching staff. And it's the league has talked to plenty of coaches about it when Greg Popovich rested uh, a bunch of star players when uh, the Spurs were as stacked as they were. I'm pretty sure he rested when Kawhi Leonard was on the Spurs. He rested Kawhi and I think Ginobili on the same night. And he heard a lot from it from the league. I think he got fined because um, fans are coming out to watch these games and people, are, these uh, TV companies are getting paid tons of money to televise these games, and you're not sending your best group out there. And it's just doesn't look right for the league. You make a great point. These uh, teams are selling tickets, advertising that these that their fans will be able to come out and see their best players. I remember I went to a Knicks game um, several years back when Jeremy Lin and and Carmelo Anthony were the top players on the team, and I was very excited to see Carmelo Anthony, my favorite player, have a jersey of his. Um, and then I go, and he ended up not playing that game. I mean, I, I love to see Jeremy Lin, but um, Carmelo Anthony, I believe he didn't have any serious injury, um, and he was probably served as more of a rest day because they were playing the Charlotte Hornets at the time. Um, so I, it definitely is disappointing, and, and that's why fans have a right to be mad. Exactly. And, Tom, is there a fix for this, or do you think this is something that's going to continue to happen? Uh, I think it's probably going to continue to happen, especially because today we look at all the analytics and all the injuries and what we can do to change that. And this is probably the best best route to take, even though I, I still disagree with it. It's probably the best route to take to keep guys healthy uh, and don't have to play through injury. Yeah, the only um, solution that I could possibly see is lessening the making the schedule shorter for the NBA season. I mean, 82 games is a lot. Um, and then they all play, you know, seven-game series and postseason. So I'm totally in favor of having, a sh- like, a shorter season or having a uh, le- less amount of games in the season so these teams have more days' breaks in between their games. That could be something to look, fo- uh, look forward at uh, as the seasons go on. But uh, I think they did make a change in a few of the back-to-backs throughout the season. I think they tried to limit that, um, the amount of games you play – from back-to-back nights, obviously, and which is probably a smart idea to spread the games out. That way you have more recovery time in between games. Yeah, and just real quick before we close off, um, we didn't really want to talk NFL today because we've been talking about NFL week in and week out, and they're, you know, we just gave our midseason predictions, and it's only been one week since then, but there were some pretty good games this week. Uh, last night in the mon- uh, the Monday Night Football game, you had the Seahawks and the 49ers going to overtime, and the Seahawks came out victorious after, you know, a couple turnovers back-to-back and then uh, missed field goals, and it was crazy game, to say the least. Um, and my team, the New York Jets, defeated the New York Giants, so that was a little win for me. I had Tom's a Giants fan, so I was able to let him know who uh, who runs New York. Yeah, Jets fans can have this one, but, I mean, both teams are sitting at two wins. really doesn't prove anything that crazy. Both teams are probably going to be firing their whole coaching staff as the offseason turns around. But uh, for now, we'll let the Jets fans have their bragging rights. And then the Titans also defeated the Chiefs, which, quite honestly, I didn't expect with Mahomes back. 
Yeah, that was that was a crazy game. Um, I honestly thought the game was kind of over once the Chiefs threw that, once Mahomes threw that touchdown to Tyree Kill to to make it, I think a nine nine or ten point game. It was uh, two possessions, and then Tannehill. How about uh, Ryan Tannehill? I think he's played four games for the Titans this year, and I think he's three and one. Um, he could be four and zero, but I think he's three and one. And he, what a win for him to come back and beat the Chiefs. Also a great play to end the game. Blocked uh, Harrison Bucker's field goal, which would have pretty sure sent it to overtime. Yeah, there were a lot of great games on Falcons upset the um, Saints in New Orleans, which was crazy because the Falcons had one win. And then Cowboys Vikings. Yeah, Vikings uh, came into Dallas. You could say they upset Dallas, but I I think that was uh, supposed to happen. As I know, uh, as a Giants fan, Dallas is a very overrated football team. They should be at least seven and two. They're sitting at five and four right now. That NFC East is really up for grabs between Philly and Dallas. It's going to be a lot of good games down the stretch here as we're heading into Week Eleven, for sure. Yeah, I agree, and we're going to definitely keep an eye on that NFC East battle, um, as well as the NFC West. We have a lot of teams emerging there. Um, the Rams, I wouldn't count them out yet, and the Seahawks and the 49ers are going to be battling it out pretty much until Week 17, in my eyes. Yeah, both teams are sitting with great records. I think the Seahawks are at 8-2, and two. Niners are at 8-1. Uh, um, I don't know, the Rams, it's just they have so much talent there, and it's not looking great because the wild card is so stacked up in the NFC this year. It's looking like the Vikings have the edge right now for the wild card, but the Rams had a game in Pittsburgh that they, they should have won, but the, the Pittsburgh D has just been, it's been very good the past few weeks and it really shut down Goff, and the Rams couldn't come out a win there. It's going to be tough for them to make a wild card run. Yeah, so like I said, we'll uh, make sure to keep an eye on that, and we'll be back next week probably talking to NFL, um, and maybe we'll have a guest star on as well. So that'll do it for us today. I'm Bobby McInnes with Tom Spallone, as always, and we'll see you next week.